Welcome to the Bulletproof Entrepreneur Podcast, Episode 10. If you're ready to take your destiny into your own hands, you've come to the right place. This is Ordeshi, the Bulletproof Entrepreneur, featuring interviews with the most exciting and amazing entrepreneurs across Africa. Here's your host, Chi Odogu. Hey everyone, welcome to the Bulletproof Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 10. It's really been a pleasure being on this roller coaster ride, and I thank everyone for sticking with us all the way from episode 1 up to our 10th episode. And once again, I just want to remind everyone please leave a review on iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher. It helps us know what we need to tweak for the show, what you guys like, what you don't like, and it helps us grow and develop a better show for you, the audience. Now let's take a quick word from our sponsors and then get right on into the show. Are you running out of food and need to run to the store for supplies? Is your baby still crying because his favorite milk is out of stock at the supermarket? Well, don't fret. Supermart NG is here to save the day. Supermart NG is Nigeria's leading online grocery store. All you have to do is shop at their site, and a team of personal shoppers will package and deliver the goods to your doorstep within three hours of placing an order. No more six-hour traffic jams. Spend more quality time with your family by shopping at Supermart NG. That's S-U-P-E-R-M-A-R-T. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. This episode is very, very exciting and interesting. We're talking to Mazen Helmi. He's a co-founder and managing director of The District, a pioneering co-working space based out of Egypt. Mazen has been dubbed by Forbes as one of the young entrepreneurs to watch. He's come to share his experiences as an entrepreneur and pioneering founder of a new business concept in Egypt, and also to tell us about his vision for his company and Egypt's young budding entrepreneurs in the coming years. Mazen, welcome to the show. So basically, uh, I was born in Egypt and I spent like my whole life living in Cairo in Egypt. Like I was born in 1986, so now I'm having like 28 years old. Um, essentially, like when I was young, like I spent like my whole childhood uh, like. Uh, doing swimming like as a profession not as a profession but like it was really prof- profession yeah. swimming till uh, I joined like the national team the Egyptian national team at the age of 17 I started getting like more engaged in uh, development projects uh, like we started like different initiatives whether like for education for uh, promoting health lifestyle or like on different courses uh, and after university, when like I, I graduated, I, I had like bachelor of construction engineering, and after that, I start talking, uh, working beside my normal construction and engineering work, and like several uh, other like initiatives and like entrepreneurial path. So it started like um, I established, uh, I started like a cafe, like a social cafe in 2011, and I had to shut it down like after eight months, eight months because of the revolution. I started like a textile and t-shirt business, like close closing business. Um, it was very well that like we uh, we had to I'm just like sh- shut it down as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in 2011, like the idea of the district started in 2010, and finally in 2011, like we started uh, the district was one of the first and pioneering co-working spaces in Egypt and the region. After four years now, like we have reached like very successful. Uh, Point and milestone with the district, whether the size of our community, all the activities and partners we have been working with, uh, 
I guess like now we are having the largest and biggest uh, co-working space in Egypt, okay. and our plan is still rolling. Okay. Oh, great, Mazen. So tell me a little bit about your experiences before you started on the entrepreneurial journey. You were working as an engineer. Was there a specific incident or a specific case that made you say, I don't want to work for someone anymore, I want to be an entrepreneur? Or did you always have that drive and that passion to do something for yourself growing up? Um, I guess like it, it was gradually. I was lucky enough that my uh, like in my family uh, they're quite open-minded, so uh, from the, they would all like accept like whatever decisions that we are taking. I think the path itself it started in two anyway, uh, when I was 17, uh, okay. 11 years ago, like when you are still like in, in school, mm-hmm. you are having like you see like any social cause that you want to solve with your friends. So like we, this is one like. It's for me like entrepreneurship. It's it's about like instead of blaming someone, instead of waiting from the government or any other people to solve a problem, you go out and you create, you you try to create the solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, it started that early. I at that time like I didn't know anything about like entrepreneurship or startup or like this business, and I kept like working on like even in my like working in a company or working like in the construction field. I had always this like entrepreneurial or intrapreneurial spirit um, in my working, whether like it's always like calculated risk taking and being always like responsible, trying always to find solution instead of just like stating again the challenges and the problem. Uh, by the end of 2010, I decided the, the, the construction field in Egypt is not that challenging for me. Okay. And this is when I decided now like I want something like more challenging more dynamic that change very fast and you can like really like challenge all your innovation and creative ideas in it okay so you wanted something challenging and dynamic so that led you to create um the cafe what what why did you create a cafe to start with and what were the problems with that so basically like my thing i figured out that like we are having um in our life like normally we are having like a very static pattern of life mm-hmm. Even like our network and our community, they're a little bit like the same. Yeah. So whether you're in school, you're having your school friends, your neighborhood, you're having your neighborhood friends. And uh, when I started like working with development project, I figured out that like how can like just like knowing one person, uh, it can like create a totally different path for your life and like other people, your friends and your family and your even like your partners. Uh, having like a, a dynamic like network where like you can always get to know people and exchange ideas and like find like opportunities with everyone around you that was very important for me if i figured out like maybe i i want to break this boundaries of uh, existing communities and friends and networks that i have been living within uh so like i it came like i came up with the idea like maybe like we need a, a different like social gathering spot okay. which uh, like at that place was a cafe where people they can mingle and meet after work and uh, everyone is feeling very safe to expand their network and get to know each other so basically people they are gathering to get to know each other and the supplies uh, of the cafe itself like all the menu uh work from entrepreneurs like we wanted to support like uh, women or like widows or divorced that they are uh, having their families and they want to find like a, a source of uh, sustaining themselves financially, sustaining their families without actually like leaving their houses or in their homes. So they were supplying us with all the products, like whether the food and beverage and goodies and if you're having an event, they were supplying and basically our, our job was to manage the supply chain. And so what were the problems that caused you to shut down that venture? 
Um, because like it, it happened like a, it was just like after you know, we start actually like, kicking off. We, we kicked it off in October 2010, and then like three months later, the yeah. revolution came. The revolution, came. okay. Yeah, and especially like the first couple of months, like things have been like so uh, out of order in Egypt, like whether like currency devaluation, like safety, security, like mm-hmm. we had like lots of clients who were like expats uh, living in Egypt, and like all the expats they left. So we figured out like maybe like it's a wise decision like to twist a little bit and change the model. Okay. And that this leads us to uh, maybe like now it's the time to start like with a co-working space, which is more uh, a living space, not just like uh, for the afternoon or the, for the for the evening, but it's all about like your life. So we wanted to break this rigid wall of 5 p.m. Okay. when you finish your you finish your work and you go out for uh, for the social part of your life. No, like social part and professional part. Like we wanted to mix it in one one single space. Okay, that's interesting. So now we, I was in the U.S. at the time of the revolution, and we all watched the revolution as it was going on in Egypt. Could you tell us what the feeling was like as a young person in Egypt when all these changes were happening? What was the um, the mindset of the going through the mind of the youth? I, I'll tell you, it's it's basically, yeah, if I'm talking about like young people. Yes. It's basically you, suddenly we all woke up one day and we figured out, fuck, like this big dream, sorry, and from like this big dream that we had, it turned out in something really serious now, like it had an, an outcome. Because like, it's like the revolution started as a normal protest against the police brutality. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, like in two weeks, everything like turned upside down and it ended up with actually like bringing down a whole regime. So, um, like this, psychologically and emotionally for young people, we figured out, like, no, it's really, it's possible, it's doable. Mm-hmm. You just, like, need to dream big, gather the right resources around you, and persist, and you can do it. So even, like, for the older generation, for my parents or my, our grandparents, suddenly they figured out, no, like, maybe, like, this young kid, or, like, this, uh, the youth of Egypt, they're having real power that needs to be well mobilized. They're having knowledge, they're having the energy, they're having the passion and dedication to do something, whether it's on the political side or the social side or whatever. It was really like a social wake-up call for everyone. And has that momentum um, continued in the past three, four years now? Because it was really a groundswell. We all watched what was happening. The government was overthrown. Things started to change rapidly, you know, uh, a lot of the business people left. But we also heard that because of the rapid changes that occurred, more new businesses were now looking at Egypt as, wow, this is actually a place where we can all go into and start, like, helping these guys to develop their economy, develop their country in the right way that things are typically done. So has that momentum continued? Uh, Yeah, I I really think like this this momentum is still continuing. Okay, maybe, okay. maybe like some people, they lost energy, but it, it still it does exist. It's all like, it, it was a wake-up call for everyone. Yeah, mm-hmm. if I'm just like, even like for normal people to qu- questioning the status quo, uh, questioning everything, like accepting new ideas, like things that everything is possible. The amount of initiatives that I saw since the revolution till now, whether it's social initiative or like business uh, ideas or startup, it's tremendous. Yeah. And you can find like a 16 year, year uh, 16 years old kid who's having like these bright ideas and like they're starting their own company while they're still in school and they are selling their application like on iTunes or or, or, or like the App Store or whatever and they're making actual like money. They're they're creating like a revenue. 
instead of just like spending all their like childhood and their life like playing PlayStation or like any other like video game, mm-hmm. they are they are improving themselves and like they are talking with like very complicated business sense and and terminologies. Uh, I really think no, like it's uh, like this momentum still exists and it's growing. Yeah, because I'm looking at one of the statistics here of one of the startup websites and it seems it shows actually not that it seems like that Egypt has the highest number of startups that were recorded out of Africa. Today, it's somewhere around 230 startups that were created in Egypt, and that's like right almost 50% more than the next country. So this, this, this change in mindset, this belief in it is possible to dream big and the empowering experience that came out of the revolution is still propelling Egypt, because the the numbers are showing it right here. So, in the middle of this revolution, you now start the district. Tell us a little bit about how you went about, you know, building up the district. You know, raising the funds to get the premises. You know, how you publicized it. What what, what was your experience like? Actually, it was very bold time. I guess, like if yeah, thinking backward. I think like I took I took really like very bold decisions you know, and steps like not really well calculated but like eventually like it turned out something very positive. But um, you know, at that time I had really the. So what so, were some of those bold steps? Uh, first thing like after like finishing like all this like I I spent like so many times like working on all, like business plan and all this like paperwork and mm-hmm. financial projection but like at at a specific point that was like in March 2011. I decided no, like this thing like won't come true unless we actually like, go out and and like start doing something. Like we spent like six months try, trying to find the right premises or the right spot to start the district because like you know, anyone that would explain like what what the hell would the community hub or like a co-working space like they wouldn't get it. So we decided okay, like if people they don't get it just by word, that shows them that shows them visually, that them experiencing. So we spent like six, uh, like almost like. From March till November, like we spent all this time trying to find out like a nice location, nice mm-hmm. spot, uh, someone like who could really believe and support us, like a landlord who can understand the concept and wouldn't give us like hard time. Till, uh, it was a very long journey, cutting it short. After almost like uh, this um, eight months, we, fi- we finally like found our uh, uh, our our location here. Like we started with just like four hundred square meters. Okay. The land the the landlord was like uh, very supportive. He was just coming back to Egypt after long working experience like abroad in uh, in london okay. so he had he had a little bit like the understanding of what's co-working space and at the same time like he wanted to support us to support like the young entrepreneurs to do something uh this like so like we signed the contract with him without really like having like the full amount of capital to start the district uh, then like i went uh, after signing the contract i i went to uh, my friends and like my family tried to raise like their ca- fund from them, mm-hmm. so we can maintain ourselves. Like we got small amount, just like enough to do some uh, uh, installment in the space and buy 20 chairs and 20 desks. Okay. And since since then, like we have been like really all the profits that we're getting, we have been like injecting again in the space to make it more appealing, to create like more value, and to enforce our community. Okay. Now, my understanding of a co-working space is kind of similar to the experience a graduate student has in graduate school, where you go to class, you're studying with your friends. Outside class, you have class pro- 
projects that you guys work together, it bleeds into your social life. When you guys go out together, you're thinking of talking about the same issues and challenges. Is that what it eventually turned out to be? Or were there changes in how you were trying to structure how the community will organize itself and feel and... Yeah, I, I guess like it's, it's it's a mix of all because you know, at, when when we started, like we had a, an idea, like we we want the community and the space to grow in a specific way, but eventually, like being in this whole process, like we didn't like there's no like one formula of doing it. Like yeah. the point of like being very lean and agile and responsive to the, what the community wants. Uh, it becoming more like now when people they are referring to it as a real community hub, not just like a physical space. Like you know, yeah. some people are. To work from here, other people they are coming just to chat. You know, they are coming to interact with others. You know, they are having their own office, and in the afternoon, in the evening, they are just like coming here to get some inspiration, like talk about like mutual challenges, like find um, solutions together, or like whether on the business side or social side. So uh, this is the thing that we see, and we are not just like focusing on the business side, and I guess the community they are getting together more for the business side and for the social side. And you know, we still like going out together. Um, we are doing like internal crowdfunding campaigns, whether it's for someone like to buy machineries or for someone else to get married. In fact, it's <laughs> you do crowdfunding to get married, really? Yes. Wow, <laughs> that's a new spin. Okay, so you talked a little bit about the challenges of you know finding the right landlord to you know work with you guys in starting this business. What were the challenges in terms of? convincing people to come and participate in what you were doing come and use your co-working space it was, first like people they would you know, at, at that time like it wasn't very clear for people what would be the benefit okay. of of coming and being part of community because mm-hmm. like people they, they would come asking for like uh, all the question was more related to the physical space okay uh, like the desk, internet speed, uh, can I get a closed room, like all these things. But to really convince people about the power and what they can benefit from being a part of a consolidated uh, and, uh, community, that was very difficult. So, um, and at that time, like, we didn't have community because like, we started with no one. And when we launched the space on Thursday, and on next working day, it was Saturday, we had only one, one person, he came by coincidence, it was a German guy. So we, we really like we literally like started our community from from only one person and like trying to convince people that come and you will have benefit from being just beside this one person at this stage was very difficult. But like eventually we organized like so many like events trying to invite like our our friends like sending free invitations to companies to come and bring all their employees and work like five day, like on Thursday or like one day away from their office from here from our space to create just like this dynamic and like let people come and experience the value of sharing space together sharing resources and sharing knowledge let's talk about the business aspect of the co-working space this was the first co-working space in egypt had you seen a prior co-working space outside of egypt and did you know how it worked how were you able to like construct uh, you know your revenue generating streams yeah, I guess like we, we I, I, before starting here, like I visited like several co-working spaces, mainly in Europe, and I uh, online I did I did like lots of research to figure out like how they are doing their uh, their financial model, mm-hmm. uh, and th- that was good as a start, like something to start with, but um, from that time till now, like I guess like we have really like changed a lot 
our like whole business model to be like more suitable to the social context here in the market. From yeah, from like at, at the start, like we, we didn't we didn't envision or like we didn't foresee like all these like hidden costs that we are having to to maintain a physical space running and like being like appealing and attractive, and all this maintenance costs and the human capital and the human resources and financial resources that it's really uh, uh, that consumes. But at that time, like we didn't really understand this, and like, what's the best way to actually like to design like space interior and from the interior to accommodate like the highest efficiency? Yeah. So it has been like very long journey, like from even like the revenue stream. Like we expected that people would come and pay like mainly from co for the, for using the co-working facilities, and now now like the co-working facilities are oh, it brings it, it generates revenue, but it's not the highest. We figured out that like the meeting space or event space and even like educational activities, education event, uh, in many cases it generates like more revenue than uh, the co-working space. Oh wow! So the event space and um, educational and training generates more than the co-working itself. Yes, the the point it's not that sustainable every month. Yeah. But it, you know, maybe like for one month you are having like. Uh, good like revenue from it so it can cover you for three four months and then like the the co-working space and the meeting space it's more like steady it's, it's steady. A steady revenue oh, that, that you can really foresee okay 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 that's interesting and do you have any large competitors to the district now yes uh for sure like there's competition like even like we now we are, we are having like more co-working space in uh, in egypt but we are always um, focusing on like uh, what we are calling our, we are keeping, we are trying to preserve our DNA, what makes the district a unique space. For, like we figured out that uh, um, maintaining the physical aspect as our unique uh, strength, we wouldn't continue for long in the market. So like we had really to, to spend, to invest really in gathering a very coherent and very strong community and enforcing it. Okay. And do you have, how many locations do you have? One or do you have several? No, now like we are expanding like still in the same building. Like we started with 400 square meter and now like we're having like more than, uh, almost the whole building, we're having like more than 1,000 square meter. Okay. We didn't want to expand, expand in a different location before we really like master our experience here. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Now, Mazen, let's take a quick minute to thank our sponsors and then get on with the rest of the show. Are you running out of food and need to run to the store for supplies? Is your baby still crying because his favorite milk is out of stock at the supermarket? Well, don't fret. Supermart NG is here to save the day. Supermart NG is Nigeria's leading online grocery store. All you have to do is shop at their site and a team of personal shoppers will package and deliver the goods to your doorstep within three hours of placing an order. No more six-hour traffic jams. Spend more quality time with your family by shopping at Supermart NG. That's S-U-P-E-R-M-A-R-T. NG. See you there. Are you interested in increasing sales and driving higher profitability for your company? Do you want to reach over 50 million buyers and potential customers? Then head over to Conga Marketplace at Conga.com. Conga.com is Nigeria's largest e-commerce marketplace that provides millions of customers the ability to access a wide variety of products at very attractive prices. Showcase your goods and services and watch your business explode. Go to Conga.com, that's K-O-N-G-A, 
Com and sign up to be a seller on Niger's largest marketplace. So, Marcel, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about um, some things that have been, um, I would say, them critical issues for the youth in Africa today. I listened to one of the talks you had at TED, and you talked about a man that you had a random conversation with down the street. Could you narrate that conversation again? Yeah, that that was like um, an an old an old man. Like it was just like directly after the revolution, maybe like one year after things have been like so unstable. Uh, and I bumped into this guy in the in the street. Like he's an old man, uh, not really old. And he was like around like in his fifties. And like then he came he came and asked me like he was very depressed. Like and he's telling me like can you uh, go ask your father like whether like is your father is proud of you or not like what you are doing in your life and uh, what's the purpose of everything that you have been doing and what what the purpose of everything we are doing now um i figured out the, the, the guy like he's he was so down with his kids with his uh, because like he doesn't see really a future for his kids like he he invested a lot in their education and trying to secure them alive was buying them houses and apartment for them to get married in but uh, after this uh, this time of the revolution i figured out like this guy he 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 didn't really see any outcome of all the actions that he did, all the effort that he has invested, mm. and he didn't see like a way out. Mm. Uh, that, for me, that was very like enriching experience, like talking with this guy. Like he was, he he, he was in the he was with us like in the square, like he was protesting, but he lost his energy quite fast, and he didn't see really like where this uh, road is leading to. I kind of understand what the man was talking about because there is a sense all across Africa that the social contract has failed a lot of people where you save up, you send your kids to good schools, they get good grades, they come out and they expect to have a job waiting for them. And now a lot of people go to school, get the nice education, maybe come out with a couple thousand dollars in debt and they can't find jobs or they're working in jobs where they only earn a living to just pay their bills and they're not able to do what they're passionate about or what they really want to do with their lives. So what do you think are some of the things that you see in terms of building a community like yours to help um, give young people a direction and a focus and an avenue to think about entrepreneurship for changing their lives and their the trajectory of where their life is going. Yeah, for for me, I really I really believe you. And if I'm thinking backward about like me and my life, and like comparing myself like to many of my friends, I guess like I was lucky because like my surrounding, uh, the social context around me like would really accept me to think outside of the box, outside of the norm, like being unconventional. So I guess like for young people, this is very important because like you you are growing up and like you are going into this like educational system. And they're starting like planting inside you a seed of like this is the only way of being successful, being recognizable, like having a master or having like a PhD and going to law school or going like to engineering school or whatever. But uh, it's very important like being surrounded by the right people, people who are having like same mindset and they wouldn't like uh, judge your choices and they would always uh, challenge you to think outside of the box and try to find like extend your limits of what you can achieve like this is very important because like uh, this is the only way actually for me i think to um, to experience like the limit of your passion and the limit of your dreams just like surround yourself with the right people like people who wouldn't 
start criticizing you because like the social context where you are starting is very important like if you're having all your family and your friends and everyone around you they are criticizing what you are doing like there's 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 only one way like uh, or two ways either that you are accepting what they are saying and you're quitting your life to live the life that they are drawing for you or that they are designing for you or the other way you are quitting them and try to be part of another community that they're having like same same beliefs and same values as what you are carrying around uh, uh, what I see in, within our community, it's really like a community of hope, a community of seeing solutions. So we are calling the district like it's a, it's a solution factory. Okay. We, we, we don't want people really to, who, who are coming just like to state and pointing finger and play this blame game. Uh, the problem is with the government or with X and Y and Z. And, you know, everyone in our community, it's really like they decide to be part of the solution, like they are here to find solution. Living your life based on being in you know, I'm coming out of like engineering school. Uh, like you're having equation, you're analyzing it, and you're you have to come up with a solution. Otherwise, like you're just like turn around in vicious circles. Uh, living in and really like and believing that there is always a solution. This is a totally like we're calling it. It's a very positive life. You know, you're living and you're always seeing a value of what you are doing. Whether like the value, if it, in many cases it's not financial value. It can be like social value. Mm. It can be like ex- experience that you are gaining. It can be like whatever it is. But like always, like try to be like modest and like understand, like analyze, like what are the negative side. But at the, at the same time, like always, like focus on the positive side. Like being thinking about like the solution, thinking about like always, like from a different perspective, and start action. Because just like thinking about positive things and like dreaming without actual taking steps and actual action, it's just like mere dreams. Mm-hmm. You have to put this dream into like planning and start taking actions and see like what will be the outcome. But, like you cannot plan, like, you know, even in business now, like you cannot really plan if you're having a startup or an, a small enterprise, you cannot plan for five years. Mm-hmm. You're coming up with a very like innovative, like bright idea, a new product, new style, like new, new process of doing specific things. And then you're going directly into the market. You are testing it. You are trying to validate your assumptions. And then you're improving again. You are trying to readapt your your assumption. And that's how it works for me. That's how it works for many of our like entrepreneurs in the community. Mm. Interesting. So could you tell us a little bit about some of the interesting companies that have come out of the district? Yeah, we, uh, the, with the district, we're not really focusing. We don't attract like specific industries. So that's why like, it's very rich. No, I mean, the companies like, you know, the new things what, what, people what, are doing. What, what, what of the, what, one of the very cool initiatives that people, uh, one of our uh, communities are doing, they are doing like rooftop gardening. You know, so they are doing like urban farming for like less privileged okay. families and low income families so okay. they can like plant vegetables on the rooftop and this company like they are helping them selling it in the market. So they are okay. giving them like the equipment, the technical skills, they are following up with them and then they are helping them even like distributing and marketing it. Oh wow. Uh, we are having another another company. It's, uh, it's it's a foundation. It's called like uh, Nubian Treasure. Okay. Therefore, they're, they're helping improve the capacity of uh, Nubian artisan and help them like market their product, like the local the real local product. Um, another another company is called Qadim, which is uh, in Arabic mean ancient. Basically, what they are doing, they are trying to revive all the ancient uh, designs and try to do it like in a, with within mo- modern technology. Mm. So they're doing like engraving on glass, on stones, and on wood, using sand, uh, having like amazing masterpieces, and they are selling it like all over the world. So 
Wow. So the, basically, these are not the typical things you would expect to see, like in the West. These are uniquely different and uniquely distinguished to Egypt in terms of solving the problems that are within the locality. Exactly. Nice. Exactly. Nice. 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 So, Marzen, let's switch gears again. Could you tell us some of the entrepreneurs that you've admired over the years? Those that have shaped the way you yourself think of starting a business, running a business, and a venture. Yeah, like so many. I guess like uh, I've been like so inspired by my father. Mm. Uh, my father, like himself, like he was an entrepreneur. Like he started working at very early age, like when he was six years old, to uh, to pay for his school. Okay. Uh, like my father had been like source of inspiration. My older brother as well, um, uh, and like so so many other like entrepreneurs that I met. Uh, in my with like during my journey hmm. like everyone is having like something very unique uh, about their characters their personalities like the way they are perceiving things but uh, the common thing about all these people they are they're all positive thinkers okay they, 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 they don't complain they act to find solutions oh, that's great so what are some of your favorite books um, I'm having a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay, break it down. Like your your t- the top books that you you would okay, recommend like, to someone. Uh, one of the books that really like helped me since the start was it's called uh, uh, Blue Ocean Strategy. That's okay. like how you think like and like create like a different formula, different strategy of of introducing an existing working model in the market. This is one thing. Uh, one of the other books I really like it's called uh, Bold Bold, okay yeah, Bold, it's like how to be brave in business and win mm-hmm. uh, normally like so many like business books for by Guy Kawasaki yes, he's a favorite of mine as well I, I, I really like the guy um, This is, there was a book by uh, Donald Trump definitely, some of his books like and Richard Branson, I'm, I'm really inspired by Richard Branson. I really like him. Okay. Well, what about him do you admire? Uh, I, I really like that, that the guy, like, no, he's really, like, for him, like, the sky is the limit. Yani, uh, he always thinks to exceed, like, what's it? Now, now, like, they're doing, like, in some space, uh, space trips. Mm-hmm. No one else has, has ever thought about this. So I, I really think what I really like about the guy, that I think that he's enjoying his life. Yes, he is. He's, he's really doing like crazy things with his life, and the same thing. You think you feel that he's in the, in the whole business game. It's like for him, it's a game. Like he's doing it to enjoy it. Yes. Like come come up with a very wild idea and try to put it into action and just like getting it rolling. So I don't think that like he's he's not even like among the top or like richest ten people uh, over the world. That's. Uh, I really like... But he's, have, he's having fun at what he's doing. That's the main thing you get from him when you see him. Exactly. Yeah, I exactly. know. And uh, you said you like uh, Kawasaki's books, Blue Ocean Strategy, and Bold. All right. Yeah. Now, I have a question for you, and it's this. Now, looking back on your experiences thus far, starting this company in the last three years, if you were to go back maybe before you started your entrepreneurial journey, what's the one piece of advice you would tell yourself? Um, tell myself, and that's the thing that I'm always reminding myself, done, <laughs> is, better than, done is better than perfect. So just like if, if you're having an idea, like go out, 
take action for it and then like working on on improving it it's better to have at least something out there than sitting down yes. and writing exactly. a business plan and projections and all those things that you know once it hits the first customer it's going to completely change your six months of work <laughs> exactly so I, I remember like when when i'm talking with my father and like i'm telling him like any like big ideas that i'm having the first thing he's asking me like what would be your first step uh, it's it's really like it's not just love. it's 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 amazing to think big and like have these big dreams mm-hmm. but like this big dream like will never happen without the first step yes uh, it's very important to take the first step and take it fast take the first step and take it fast great and now another advice to recent graduates that are just coming out of university and thinking of starting business ventures what what would you advise them or what would you advise someone that is coming to egypt fresh from let's say europe or the americas and they want to come and try and start a new business in egypt what would you tell them to look out for uh i guess like they're, they're having much better uh, and for me like someone like coming from europe or from anywhere uh, when they are coming to Egypt, like the, they have to come like with very fresh eye and fresh perspective, because that will give them like very creative and innovative ideas for solution. So just like maintain this very fresh and virgin perspective on everything, any problem that you see around, and uh, interact directly with the local people, mm. so you can test and validate your assumptions. Mm. Have a fresh eye, interact directly with. The local people. That's that's great. That's great. Now, um, this is my final question of the day. So, if you were to talk to your favorite person in the world, and you wanted to ask them, you know, maybe if they're on their sick bed or their dying bed, what would be the one piece of you know advice you would ask your favorite person, the person you look up to the most, and why? Uh, yeah, I, I say like I, I think I would uh, I, I'd go again for like for Richard Branson. Okay. And I would ask him like how he can manage uh, to balance between like especially like, and control the stress level with all the all the startup you know while starting a business because like maintaining this like balance between achieving working really hard and at the same time enjoying your life. And is stress a big factor in running the district? Maybe yes, I... sure. <laughs> okay, that's that's great. But I hope you're trying to balance it out for yourself before we uh, ask Richard Ransom. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. I'm, I'm really trying hard. Okay, that's great. But, I mean, thanks a lot, Mazen. We've um, reached the end of the show. It's been a pleasure talking to you. We've really learned a lot about your experience since starting the district, you know, how people should just take action and have things done rather than waiting for things to be perfect because in reality there's nothing that's going to be 100% perfect. Exactly. You know, for you to keep waiting and planning and saying, oh, I'll get this when I have all my ducks in a row. By then somebody that has launched even something crappy would be way ahead of you just because they're already in contact with the market as opposed to you trying to get everything squared away and land away but we've really enjoyed your 
your discussion, you know, your advice, and just hearing your story in general. Thanks a lot for spending the time with us. Thank you, Chief, for the opportunity, and I would really love uh, to stay in touch. Oh, definitely, definitely. And we'll look forward to having you on the show once again so that we can talk about, you know, maybe the district when you started expanding to different countries and your, your struggles and your successes and other issues that come up with your life in general. Inshallah. Oh, inshallah. Thanks, Mazin. Th- thank you, Shi. Yeah. Have a very good day. You too. You too. And there you have it, guys. A very inspirational discussion with Mazen Helmi. I can see why Forbes magazine decided to rank him as one of the inspirational young entrepreneurs in Africa to watch out for. So, if you're looking to start a business or to start a venture, as he rightly said, just start now. You know, make a go of it and just keep kicking the ball down the road. All you have to do is keep kicking the ball down the road, as my chancellor used to say. So, um, just want to tell everyone, thanks for tuning in once again. It's been a pleasure talking to Mazin and all the other wonderful entrepreneurs that have helped me start the first 10 episodes. I can't believe it. It was just an idea back in July that's now materialized to 10 episodes. And I really don't know where this is going to go, but I do appreciate being able to share the journey with you and the rest of the listeners out there in the world. So I just want to encourage everyone that has a dream or has an idea to do something, just like Mazin said, just get started and you never know where things will lead or where, where the, how things are going to turn out. But once you get started, you know, your momentum of starting out is just going to help propel you forward. And a very special thank you to my team member, my sister, Chinye Odogo. She's the one behind all the show notes on the website as well as all the ads and other back-end activities so that that way I can focus on working on the front-end side of our podcast and show. So if you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, please go to odeshi.com or deshi.com. Leave your questions, your comments, your feedback, your reviews, and anything else you'd like us to discuss or talk about or share. And I and Marzen will be happy to respond to you. Until next time, guys, take care, get bulletproof, and never give up, never quit. Don't let another minute go by without taking action to change your life. Visit Ordeshi.com right now for more incredible resources, and we'll see you next time on Ordeshi, the Bulletproof Entrepreneur.